Welcome to Unanthropologetic. Thank you all so much for tuning in, as always. Um, today, Flex and Preston is not here with me. Um, you know, Preston has had an incredible year. Um, he started a new job. He got engaged. And I think that is just continuing for him this week. And so um, he couldn't be here to record. Um, but don't worry, he will be back. Um, I feel like I just made it sound like he's not coming back. That's not the case. He and I, he's still very much invested in this podcast. Um, and I don't think that this podcast will ever exist without him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, uh, I think that we have to normalize, uh, making space for life and things like that. And so for this week, Preston will not be here. Um, but I think it kind of works out. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that, or some things that have happened to me in the last week and, um, some of the thoughts that I've been kind of having, and I'm sure that, um, Preston and I will cover these topics again and, um, he'll be able to provide his perspective and his opinion on some of these things. And, um, and yeah, and we'll go from there. But one of the first things that I wanted to share today was, is this incident that happened to me a few days ago. I was walking along in one of the neighborhoods in Philadelphia and this man um, came out of this church and he looks at me and he goes, do you have a cigarette bitch? And at first I said, no, I don't. And then like in the, in the, like the, the, the time of, of a second, I had this thought, like, why am I allowing this person to call me a bitch? So I also said, please don't call me bitch. And then that I feel like just angered this person. I don't know what happened, but it just opened up the floodgates and he started throwing slur after slur after slur at me. Um, He assumed I was a black woman and using that assumption, he threw out a lot more words, Um, you know, monkey um, other things. I, I think I've kind of blocked it out at this point. Um, and yeah, it was just shocking actually. Um, it's not the first time that obviously I've been, you know, kind of racially targeted. It's not the first time that I've been mistaken for a black woman. Um, but for whatever reason, this kind of really had me shaken. I think it's because I was like in this, um, headspace of, you know, being in Philly and thinking that racism is less prevalent, um, which maybe it is, I can't tell you, but um, this example kind of affirmed the idea that racism exists everywhere. And, you know, this person also called me like a whore and, and, and the C word and a few, I just, I can't remember everything, but along those lines, and that part didn't really bother me. Um, You know, first of all, let's normalize sex work. Um, I wish I was (laughs) um, participating in sexual activities. Um, I haven't participated in a long time. Um, Where's Preston (laughs) when we need the staff, when you need, um, you know, someone to call, call it for what it is, but whatever it is, I just have not been in any situations that involve sexual activity and not necessarily by choice, but I also haven't sought it out, but like, 
regardless, him saying those things to me did not really bother me. The part that bothered me was actually him making the assumption that I was a black woman um, and his decision to talk to me or the way he chose to talk to me because he assumed I was a black woman. It was just very disrespectful. It made me really upset. And um, after like my whole encounter with him, I was really angry and I kind of was just like having a petty moment (laughs) and I chose to call the police, which um, you know, I have some conflicting, conflicting feelings surrounding that decision, but I ended up calling the police. Um, I gave them a full description and the person I was talking to, talking to me, I assume, and this is, you know, maybe me racially profiling or something like that. And I really apologize, but I assume that that person was a black woman. And she asked me, um, are you okay? And I said, I'm just really angry. And she was like, trust me, I know. And um, that part also really stuck with me um, through the last few days. And it's just unfortunate. (laughs) It's just unfortunate that two people who are complete strangers can have this mutual experience because they've they've like they've experienced some of the uglier parts of humanity and and things like that. And I don't know, it just really bothered me. Um, I was more angry than anything. Even now, when I think about that man, I feel like I'm ready to lay someone out. And I, (laughs) I've been thinking about just checking, you know, what the laws in Philly are so that if the opportunity arises, if I ever see him again, and if he ever treats me like that again, that you know, I can at least take some type of action, um, that doesn't involve just calling the police, whether it's using like mace and anything else. I just won't mention, um, in fear of retaliation and things like that. But yeah. And, and, and the other part of it was that there was a white woman who witnessed the entire thing happening. And I kind of went over this on Instagram. Um, and I think, I think I'll save that part for another day. Um, but I just want to share this with all of you because I, I think it, it's just made me really think a lot about race and, and social constructs and things like that over the last couple of days. And one of the things that I think have been missing from Preston and my conversations when we talk about social constructs, and it's not because I, and I, I don't want to speak for Preston, but I do believe this is true. Um, this would be one of his beliefs, but just because something is a social construct does not mean that it is not real or not valid. Um, whether that's, you know, looking at race, whether that is looking at gender identity, sexual orientation, whatever it is, social constructs were kind of developed by society, um, at some level, but it doesn't take away from the realness or the validity of those constructs. And I think, again, like I said, I think that's kind of been a piece that has been missing from any of the dialogue that Preston and I have had over the last several months. Um, With that said, I do kind of want to go into this idea of social constructs and race. Um, And I guess I more than anything, want to explain kind of like my journey in coming to this conclusion. Um, So in my first year of my PhD, I was in this class called 
health promotion for vulnerable populations. And in that class, we kind of talked about um, one day we were talking about something and one of my peers um, mentioned how she is biracial. And when she's filling out like, you know, demographic variables such as race, she feels like she's not represented because she has to either choose white or she has to choose Asian. And um, that has, that just like kind of blew my mind because I never had to think about it. I've always been 100% Indian. I've always been 100% Assamese even. I've never had to question where I came from. Um, I've never had to question where I fit in and demographics and things like that. And my peer was kind of talking about how, you know, when she fills out these surveys, if she chooses white, she feels like she's ignoring the Asian part of herself. And if she chooses Asian, she feels like she's ignoring the white part of herself. And she feels like she's not being accurately represented in the survey or, you know, in the study where she, what, that she participated in. And again, it's just such a valid point um, because I, I think that if we were to look at every category of race and include people who are biracial or, or from multiple races, that um, how do we, how do we treat those people within the data or within the study? Because even just a combination of different races, um, that, that exist, I'm sure every combination would have a different experience and a different way of operating or existing within current society. Um, and again, that whole thing was mind blowing, but then it also made me kind of question, what do these demographic variables look like in other places? So one example that came up was South America. If we were to apply the North American definitions of race to people in South America, everyone would be, would be considered mixed race. And again, I was kind of like, well, so how do they, like when they do studies in Brazil or studies in you know, other places in, in South America, what do they, what, what, what are their comparison groups? How do they separate people um, into categories? And it came down to a color, pretty much everyone, someone, everyone was labeled as black, yellow, white, indigenous. Um, I can't remember the other categories, but that was basically the gist of it. And it just goes to show again that race is a social construct because it looks different in every single place. In India, what does race look like? Everyone is Indian, everyone is Asian. Um, and I think in India, maybe it would come down to caste or colorism, or I'm not sure exactly. I, I've never looked into it myself, but again, all of this just supports the idea that race is a social construct. And kind of after that conversation over the last year, I've like kind of been looking at this on the side, going down rabbit holes on a random day. And I won't go too much into depth because I am not well-versed in this at all. Um, but, and, and I feel like I would completely butcher it, but I've been reading a lot about um, how we categorize race. And it seems like in a lot of ways, it just comes down to skin color and, and for numerous reasons. And that is the worst reason to categorize or to use as a basis to categorize race. And the reason why I think that is because um, skin color changes. Uh, 
me as an individual, I have gone from being fairly light. Um, I wouldn't say light, <laughs> let's say like a light medium skin tone to being a dark skin tone, not deep, dark, but just dark. Um, I wish I had <laughs> Mac foundation shades to kind of, um, highlight my, the range of skin tones that I've been um, on my passport, <laughs> there's a picture of me from when I was like 16 and you can't see any of my facial features because I got so dark. So all you can see are my like eyes just glaring, um, out of the picture and my teeth and that's it. Um, so that's why I think skin color is not the best indicator of race. And even when we look at it from a genetic standpoint, um, none of the genes cluster in a way that can allow us to separate people based off of this so-called race. Um, even from a genetic standpoint, again, I think that humans are like over 90% the same. Everyone has the same DNA and there's like less than 10% that, uh, contributes to our outward phenotype, which again, it, for certain traits can change over time um, due to things like sun exposure. And so these are just things that, again, I've been thinking about. Um, and again, this isn't to take away from the validity of it, uh, validity of being part of a certain race or part of a certain demographic, um, because the experience is very much real. The experience of being Black or a person of color, or a woman of color, those experiences are very real. And again, the reason, the reason why those experiences real are is more so because of the institutions and the systemic setup um, that surrounds us um, for whatever reason. And I would love to have a day where I go down the rabbit hole of understanding the historical psychology behind why people believe that they're more superior than other people. Um, and I mean, even in the present day, this still exists. Um, I would love to go into that more just to understand it more, but I, I've really been thinking a lot about that and like, where did this idea come from that just because you have a certain type of skin color or that you came from a certain place, um, that you're more or less superior depending on what it is um, or that you deserve better or worse treatment. Um, I think I've thought about this off and on my entire life, but just because of this current events, current events in my personal life, I have just been thinking about it more and more. And I I don't really know the answer, <laughs> obviously. I don't know the answer, um, but I think it just, you know, it just is something that we all need to think about. Like, why did we decide that white people were more superior, even from a data standpoint? In a lot of studies, white is used as the reference group, straight is used as the reference group to compare all the, all the other, the other, like population demographics. Um, and again, my question is why? And I think at the end of the day, it's because the assumption is that these demographics have 
have the most opportunity to thrive. Um, but again, <laughs> it just comes back to this question of why, why is it like that? Um, why has society set up systems that are, that, that make that the assumption? I don't know. Again, I want to get more into it and I would love for research to move away from using these demographics as these reference groups. Um, cause there's something that feels really gross about it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share those thoughts. Um, definitely, you know, if you have any thoughts or if you know anything, if you, this is something you specialize in, definitely reach out because I would love to learn more about this. I'd love to have the conversations um, to, you know, kind of enrich my own knowledge as I continue to read about these things on my own time. Um, but yeah, I hope that, you know, this was thought provoking and that you took away something from it. I'm sorry, this is a really short episode. But <laughs> I can't do much because I am not the sass of the show. That is Preston. Preston is the personality. He's the the magic, the wind, the just, you know, he's the personality. And so I'm kind of keeping this short. Um, but thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, definitely go follow Preston at Flex and Preston or Chiming Preston. Follow me at Miss Kimona or The Bumbling PhD. Um, definitely follow the podcast at Unanthropologetic Podcast. Um, definitely come on again if you have anything to contribute to this conversation um, or if you want to share your experience about like a shitty white man who ruined your day Um, but just know that again we appreciate you all so much and this podcast has really been such a great way for at least for me to kind of come into my own and continue this journey of self-exploration um, in a way that is meaningful and intentional. Um, so again, I appreciate all of you for tuning in and kind of being on this journey with both Preston and I, um, but, and I can keep babbling. <laughs> I think Preston would, you know, come in here and, and say something like, oh, you know, those water signs. <laughs> you know, those water signs are so sentimental, um, but he's not wrong. Um, I do really appreciate all of you. Um, and Preston will be back net for next week's episode. Um, so definitely come back <laughs> to get the SAS, get your daily dose of SAS. Um, but till next time, take care. Bye.